0: Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it, so even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and community. I pay my respects to them and their cultures, and to elders both past and present. Do you find the time when you can't
1: find pause or confirmation Watch your face is gonna open some doors? You do what you gotta do,
0: stumble through. Hello folks and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I'm your host, Paula Arujo. I'm a writer, theatre creator and marketer. I am a short, round-faced white woman with huge black headphones on wearing a black skivvy and some really cool $3 clip-on earrings that I got from the op shop yesterday and I'm so, so happy with them. They've got like this giant white pearl in the middle and this cool like retro 80s tile pattern. Love them. (laughs) And this week we are talking about being a good friend as an adult with Liz Best Hello Liz, how are you? Hello Paula, I'm well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I I really appreciate your time and like all of the experience and knowledge that you're bringing, so thank you. I mean,
1: I feel like the only experience and knowledge I'm bringing is because I've already stuffed it up in my own life, so I hope that my failures (laughs) can help others to be better humans.
0: Uh, Look, this entire (laughs) podcast is about me going, ah!
1: help me yeah yeah (laughs) the thing is I've always like my podcast and everything that I do I give really good advice I just don't take it myself
0: Uh, so that great Disney song I give myself very good advice yes but I very seldom follow it
1: yes that is me in a song phrase
0: (laughs) (laughs) you are much (laughs) much lovelier and much smarter than you give yourself credit for so bless. Can you please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay, so I'm a performer, podcaster, uh, journalist, uh, do way too many things with way too little time considering I have chronic fatigue and I just want to sleep all the time. In, In terms of physical description, I am a curvy white woman who is very short and I am currently wearing active wear because if I don't, I will never exercise. If I don't put it on at the start of the day, It's too much effort to put leggings on to exercise, so it has to be the first thing I put on this day, otherwise I
0: won't do any exercise. I really like that forward planning. Yeah, it just
1: means that I'm living in active wear now and I am kind of never wanted to be that person, but now I understand why people are those people's. Mm. Laziness. It's secret (laughs) preparation for accidental laziness. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. And,
0: And... that
1: what have you stumbled through this week Liz look I wasn't going to talk about it on air because I love my mum I I need to preface this (laughs) by I love my mum I love her I love her I love her but I've been setting some really good boundaries with my parents and it's made me really happy with myself so like you know having conversations where I'm speaking to someone about something and mum will either give me the eye to change tact or to to get me to you know react differently and I called her out on it this week and I was like oh just letting everybody know that mum was telling me that I need to do this but she doesn't realize that what I do doesn't impact her in any way and no one will think she's a bad mother if I'm a terrible human so just let me human terribly and that will be my choice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am really proud of you for like creating that boundary and sticking to it and not just honoring that boundary but also being like Like you drew attention to it. I made a
1: joke out of it because I didn't want to have a fight and I was just kind
0: of like, let me diffuse this and also bring attention to the fact
1: that you've just told me how to communicate and I'm in my 30s now and I'm pretty sure that I will either make the mistake myself or, you know, like she needs to know that what I do no longer reflects on her parenting ability because she's done her job and if I still choose to be a screw-up, that's my choice and my (laughs) right. (laughs) It is my life and I will screw it up if I, I want to. I will. Too. She did a great job in sending me out into the world. I love you, Mum. I know you probably won't listen to this because you don't even listen to my podcast. But just in
0: case she does, I, I love you and I respect you and you did a great job parenting. It's just that boundaries need to be set, God damn it. Yeah, look, I, I fully agree with that. I think that it it's just one of the hardest parts of parenting, right? Like you... But you just think that yep. your kid reflects
1: <laughs> on you. And as, as someone who isn't a parent, I can't say what that will be like for me. But I do imagine that it would be quite difficult to ever separate that what your child does is going to somehow reflect on you. And mm. I just need to say to all the parents out there, once they're in their 30s,
0: maybe a little bit earlier, it doesn't reflect on you anymore. Yeah, I guess it's <laughs> like you spend so much of their life uh, being responsible for them that it's difficult to yeah. you know, take that step back i guess yeah yeah i've stumbled through uh, setting boundaries of my of my own this week and Ooh. honoring that yeah i i have taken two days off work and it's been weird um, did you
1: like limit yourself to like not only taking days off work but like not checking anything yeah that's amazing
0: i did that's really difficult and i've only caved once <gasps> yep that's okay it was I only once. That I, <laughs> I, I had a nightmare that was so real. The subconscious
1: I, was freaking out that you weren't doing something because society tells us we always have to be productive to be
0: worth something, and that's bullshit. Yep, your productivity and economic viability is not your value. Yeah, look, it is separate. I
1: I just need that tattooed somewhere because I just I forget it all the time. I keep. That's The bane of my existence is going, I'm watching a movie and doing a cross-stitch and I'm not doing enough
0: mm. somehow. Oh, God, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Oh, man. Uh, but today we are here to talk about something that is probably equally hard and difficult and tricky, which is being, like, a good friend. So I guess the first question I have for you, Liz, is what is the bedrock of being a good friend? So... My mother's a
1: therapist, right? So I got lots of little tidbits from her growing up. And something that's always stuck with me when it comes to being a good friend or any relationship really is that every relationship is like you have a bank, right? And each person in that relationship can deposit and withdraw from that bank. And you don't have to always deposit and withdraw at different times. Sometimes you can put effort in and somebody else will be taking out or they can put effort in and you'll be taking out at a different time. But if one person is always doing the depositing and one person is always doing the withdrawing... That's not a good friend. So mm. it's, it's a kind of a, for me, I think friendship is reciprocal, but it doesn't have to be reciprocal at the same time in life. Sometimes someone needs to have a breakdown and the other person can be there for them. Sometimes you need to have a breakdown and somebody else can be there for you. But you can't have an unequal friendship. You both have to put in to take out. That's my mm. kind of bedrock of a good friend is someone who will be willing to put in as well as take out of the relationship.
0: That's a really good point, you know, and there does come a point where the bank of friendship is overdrawn and it, it can't take your credit anymore. Sorry, my dude. Exactly. And look, it, sometimes
1: it can get overdrawn and then the other person can realise that it's overdrawn and just get that balance mm. back up to black, you know. It doesn't mean that that's friendship over, but it has to be somebody who acknowledges that it's overdrawn, not someone who just keeps spending, you know. Yeah.
0: And that's like, getting into that, I guess, would mean that you have to then communicate and you can't just be, like, if you are the friend who keeps giving and giving and giving and giving and giving, it's hard, but it's still, like, your part of your self-respect and, like, responsibility to yourself is to then communicate that and go, hello, friend, I know or I can see that, you know, you have been taking a lot of withdrawals from the bank of our friendship and maybe that's fine. Like, maybe they're going through a really, really tough yeah, time. you
1: know. Like, but the thing is, if they've put in enough over the years, yeah. you can afford to take out a buttload when you yeah, need it, you know.
0: exactly. You, you can. Or, you know, maybe you just need to have a, a really frank conversation and go, hey, this isn't working for me because of these reasons. And if this doesn't change, this isn't going to keep going. Which I've done. Like, yeah. I have cut friends out before.
1: And it sounds brutal, but it, it got to a point where I was like, I can't be a good friend to myself and to the other people who are putting into the relationships while I'm still, you know, letting somebody else empty my cup completely. I feel mm. like I'm just talking in metaphors now. But it's, it's true. Like, mm. you know, if somebody if, – if I realised – I've got a small anecdote for you. So I had a girlfriend who I I felt like the relationship had been unequal for a little while. So I thought I'd try a little experiment because I'm a little bit petty and I just (laughs) wanted to see what would happen. So I decided to not volunteer up any information about my life and see how long it took her to ask a question about me. Oh, that's a dangerous, dangerous game. (laughs) Yeah. So after three months... Uh, I knew everything about everything that was happening in her Sorry, life.
0: Sorry, can we just like uh-huh. re-
1: rewind? Three months. So I'd been friends with her for 10 years. So I felt like three months, like, I, you know, I was going to give her more time than I would normally give other people. Mm. Um, but during that three months, my now ex-boyfriend had packed up and moved to States. So we were doing long distance and my friend still wasn't aware of this fact.
0: And you so, can't see it, but the Liz, like the, the look I am giving Liz right like, now huh? is, come again? What? It's very American sitcom looks to the audience. What? what? Exactly.
1: <laughs> and then one of my other friends was aware of my little experiment and just went, oh, so Liz, what is it like now that you're practically a single person doing long distance with your boyfriend? And my other friend went, oh, I've got to buy a humidifier. Like she didn't even listen. To the <laughs> yep. So I just got to the point where I was like, yeah, and I was – at this point I was 32 and she still had kept saying to me every time we caught up, I've got to give you your 30th birthday present. So, I was yeah, so I was done. Um, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think being a good friend is, for me, is making sure that you take care of yourself so that you can take care of others, you know, yeah. and making sure that other people don't take advantage of that good nature as part of taking care of yourself.
0: Yeah. To quote Rihanna, all of my kindness is taken for weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Oof. that that was real. That is a very good point. I think that in order to be a good friend slash human being, we actually have to be good to ourselves, and that goes against a lot of Disney movies and this kind of like martyr complex that I think I don't know where it came from. I think potentially like children's stories and like the the, the squeaky clean scrubbing that Disney did of them.
1: Yeah, that, like, look, it is. really does make it seem like you've got to to be a good friend. You've got to be a doormat. And I mm-hmm. actually think sometimes... I'm not
0: complaining about it either.
1: Yeah, and and like, again, another one of my mother's little pearlers, she's got so many great metaphors. It's just like she always said that you can, you can take an, a blunt axe and chop down a tree, but it's going to take a hell of a lot longer to chop down that tree than if you take some time out to sharpen that axe and then it'll be a lot better. So from that I get you can keep helping somebody and keep being there for somebody while you're you know, having a mental breakdown and you're not 100%, but it's going to be a lot harder for you and not as effective
0: as if you just took the time out to look after yourself in order to look after others better. Yeah, and actually being able to spin it and go, I have to take care of myself so that I can take care of the people I love is a really good way to for people who are really uncomfortable with putting themselves first yes being able to transition into that but I do need to you're like
1: yeah Yeah. well because my therapist says it to me all the time she's like you know I know that you find it difficult to actually do anything that benefits you but while by benefiting you you're benefiting everything else that needs to get done and all these other people that you'll be helping by making sure that you are taken care of and that you bathe once a week Mm. <laughs> I bathe more than once a week but this is depression talking like you know
0: oh no I, I totally do get the it.
1: self-care that hurts so that you can help others
0: yeah uh, look on the note of bathing um <laughs> legit no joke I have had to start a habit tracker not because I am anti-bathing but because I just have gotten to the point where I get so tired that I'm like I'll just shower tomorrow yeah and dry shampoo makes that shit so easy yep it does it's bad and like I'm not uh, I'm a very sweaty person, but I'm not a like sweaty, smelly person, thankfully. But mm. I've like been like, no, I do have to shower every day. That is a thing. That is a self, that is a basic self care thing that I have to do.
1: Every second day. It's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, honestly, I reckon in winter we can do every second day. Also in summer? Water. Hell no. Yeah, no, not no, no, no. no. In Brisbane, every day Queensland. Nah. What do you think makes a good friend? Oh, that's a very good question. I think it is reciprocal and I think a good friend is also someone who accepts that you cannot be all things to them. I think that, I think a good friend is someone who genuinely cares about you and not just the things that you can do for them or the way that you make them feel. I think a a good friend is someone who will not necessarily check in on you regularly, but who when they see you or they'll think about you and they'll like be nice to you and about you when you're not around. Like, yeah, that
1: one's important.
0: Yeah, because it's no good having a bunch of friends that are really lovely to your face and then just blackball you the rest of the time. Like that that's not a friendship. No. That's bullshit. That is absolute bullshit. Yeah, which I suppose touches on my next question of how have our friendship needs changed now that we're not in school or in like the last stages of uni or just we have a schedule which aligns with theirs and we see them all the time.
1: I think for me, it's the realisation that I don't need this is gonna this is all sounds so pessimistic but I don't need friends therefore the ones that I choose to have in my life are the ones I really value Hmm. because it's not that you know oh my god I need to be popular or I need to have people around me in order to feel like I'm worth something like I think as an adult you come to realize that you're worth something regardless if if some super popular dickhead thinks that you're worth something and so you don't sit there and kowtow to these horrible friendship regimes that they have back in high school where you need to do the thing to be popular or or act a certain way to be in a group I've realized that you know, I act how I want. And if other people want to be around that, that's great. But I'm also really happy with my own company if people are jerks. Mm. (laughs) And also, I don't have energy like I had back in high school. So I want to keep people around me that help. I don't want to say give me something because that's shit, but like enrich my life. And I hope I enrich theirs in the same way. Like I don't want to be around someone for the sake of being around someone.
0: I think there's also a very kind of telling aspect of that, which is there are some people where you will walk away from an interaction with them and you will feel drained and that has nothing to do with the subject matter or whether they've you know like taken something from you not like in a nasty way like I know that there are times when I've walked away from a friend that I absolutely adore and I felt tired but that's because I've been like you know, helping them and doing some emotional labor and that's okay. Yeah. But there are some people that you'll just have coffee with them for like an hour and you'll just feel a little bit depleted after. And it's not like you've done anything extenuous, but if they're draining your cup just by like being around you. It's eh. the friendship bank, man. You just got to make sure that they've put, Energy into the
1: I say it' we're mm. mixing metaphors here but you know <laughs> they need to have put money in the bank at some point in order to withdraw and sure. sometimes it's totally fine to take out a massive ass lump sum because you've been putting in like but as as with this other friend that I cut off ties with it took months and she'd put nothing in and I knew everything about life and she'd mm. never asked even a question about me ye so yeah. but yeah like hang around with people who who they don't need to fill up your cup, so to speak. They don't need to give you energy, but recognise patterns. Mm. If somebody keeps making you feel depleted, then maybe you need to think about that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I guess one of the things that I've noticed is that there are different roles that like a friend plays in general, but there are different types of friends. There are friends that you go to based on who they are as a person for like life advice. There are friends who you go to for like, no nonsense they're not going to be mean to you tough love there we go yeah I've got
1: I've got so I've got like three main best friends I've got lots of best friends but there are three main people that I go to and I've got the one who will always tell me I'm amazing because sometimes you just need to be told you're amazing and it doesn't matter like Mm. the one who will give me tough love and be like fucking buck up you're being stupid and you need to get out of it and the one who gives me a mix of both Mm. so depending on where I am in the trauma cycle if I'm like rock bottom I need to call the one that's just like you've got this you're amazing you're wonderful if I know that I've been at rock bottom for a little too long I call the tough love friend (laughs) and this is the thing this is exactly what you were saying before is expecting one person to be all things is really difficult so you You've got to figure out which of your friends, you know, you can go to for different things and which one of the friends you are for other people. Like mm. I know sometimes I'm people's tough love friend and sometimes I'm people's yes person. It depends on who the person is and what mm. I assess that they need from me at that time.
0: Yeah, I haven't quite gotten that level, I suppose, of self-awareness at this point. I um, I think that I am predominantly the reassuring, shoulder to cry on, you are amazing friend, Um. And, you know, sure, I'll give like life advice, etc. but I'm not usually tough love. Mm. I thought I was the tough love friend.
1: Like mm. most of my friends come to me and I'm like, you know, and, and as much as I'm an emotional person and I hate people solving problems for me, normally I'm the one who they'll be like, hey, there's this guy and I've got a problem. And I'm like, dump him. Dump him now. <laughs> dump him now. I want you to get. A
0: fl- I want to get you a Florence-given tote bag or like a t shirt and it just says dump him in that beautiful yep. glam pink seventies writing that Perfect. she does. That's Perfect. what I want for you. And but then the other day I had a friend message me, I need to read this message out because it
1: it kind of shocked me that I I I you're not the person, the friend that you think you are, like other people see you completely differently. Mm. But someone just sent me a message that said In my dreams lately, when my subconscious decides that I need a friend who remains calm, collected, cool and in control, it always seems to summon you. I just thought you'd like to know. And that is totally not how I see myself at all. So I guess you can't pigeonhole yourself, but you just seem to give the friends what they might need in a time. I don't know. I I don't know where I was going with that. But my point is that you don't have to pigeonhole yourself into I am the tough love friend or "I Mm. I am the happy, happy, joy, joy friend, you know.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I guess it's like you were saying, you know, there's a certain amount of awareness of what they need in that moment. And I think that part of perhaps not adult friendship, but part of being like uh, the, the best version of yourself is recognizing what someone needs and the best thing that you can give to them.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where I think it's it's. As an adult, we can assess situations a lot better than we can. Yeah, because we've been through a lot more. Yeah, exactly. And we also know what we need in in times of trouble. So it's easier for us to kind of go, well, this is how I would respond to that situation. Yeah. But yeah, like I think mainly when it comes to figuring out what friendships are like as an adult, it's also being able to set boundaries. So there's Mm. been a lot of times where friends have contacted me in trauma when previously I would have gone, yep, okay, even though I've hit rock bottom. Whereas every now and then I'll just be like, I love you but I'm going through a thing at the moment and I will contact you tomorrow. So it's being that reassuring person but also being able to set a boundary while still being a good friend,
0: you know? Yeah, and I think that that's such a hard thing to do and it shows a lot of character to be able to go "I I can see that you are in pain and you have reached out to me for help and I love you and I want to give that to you but right now I don't have it in me. Yes. And I will get to you that is a promise, like, I see you, I love you, I'm here for you. I just can't do it right this second. Exactly. And I think sometimes
1: that's enough to make somebody feel like they're seen and heard. But, Mm. you know, when you don't have anything in you to give, whatever you give them in that moment is not going to be,
0: What they need, it can't be what they need. So it can't. And honestly, and I don't ignore. Like I
1: just hate it when you text someone in crisis and they'll ignore you when they're going through their own trauma. Like I'm always a big,
0: I'm always a big.
1: I can't do this right now, but I love you, person. For me,
0: yeah. Look to be to be honest. If someone obviously, it's always like well, it goes on a case by case basis. Yes, if there's someone. Who like reaches out to you and they have like clearly having a very very bad time Mm -hmm. and you can't like not immediately like not in the next second you know yeah if you can't get back to them within a a reasonable short time frame I think before at least acknowledge mine is
1: before the sun goes down so if you Mm -hmm. can't I feel like if they text you late at night and you're already asleep it doesn't count yeah but if I I feel like if they text you at like midday and you've got nothing left at the very Mm -hmm. least you owe them just to acknowledge. I've, I hear you and I love you.
0: I can't But do I can't it. right now. Because that at least lets them know that they're hurt. I feel like, look, I am very biased because I've been on the receiving end of that to like reach out to a friend and hear crickets. Like literally nothing. And that scarred me because I was like, oh, okay, they don't give a shit. I have clearly fucked up yet again. This is, yeah. this is not, okay, okay, okay. And then and months especially later, they're like, spiling. oh no, I was just going through some stuff. I'm like, just tell me, God damn it!" Yeah. I and thought this that i would bad. <laughs> the, the, the reach out to say, I've got
1: nothing at the moment, but I will give you something is also really great for yourself because it sets a boundary for yourself so that you can do whatever you need to do to help get yourself help or, you know, mm. make yourself right. And also acknowledging somebody else. I mean, yeah. it's basic kindness, I think, but.
0: Basic. Not everybody agrees with me. (laughs) I reckon it also opens people up to the possibility that that's actually an option too.
1: It totally is, everybody. You know what? If you're really busy doing something and you can't reply, but somebody has sent you something that's kind of
0: important, it's totally cool to be like, I hear you, but I'm busy. Mm. Give me a sec. Yeah. Just like, look, I can't cope with, I I can't give you what you need right now. Yeah. I'll get back to you when I can or on this date. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and I guess like that comes with the difference like the one of the big differences in terms of boundaries and setting boundaries and not being able to be all things to all people is that you are not with them all the time and so there is much more effort having to be expended in that friendship because you're not at school with them five out of seven days a week you are not necessarily in class with them there's not a guaranteed time where you are going to see them yeah so you've got
1: to make an effort to either but then then you do have those few friends that you know that you're good with even if you don't check in all the time like I've got one particular friend of mine who lives in China Mm -hmm. and I haven't seen her in years but every time we do catch up or chat it's like no time has passed Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's and, – and we're both the same type of people in the fact that we know that just because we're not contacting each other doesn't mean we don't care. Like
0: Yeah, for sure, but that's also – You've got to
1: assess which one of your friends are
0: that and which ones need a little bit more maintenance. 100%. I think that that's also important to acknowledge in that relationship that she's probably not going to be your go-to person like for no. like daily or like big, big – Trauma? But, like, one of
1: my go-to people moved to London. Like, one of my go-to girls now lives in London. And she and I – it was quite funny. She seems to know whenever I'm in trauma because she'll, like, FaceTime me and I'll be like, how did you know? (laughs) But – You know, I constantly feel guilty that I don't contact her enough. But when we do contact each other, it's like no time has passed. Well, there you go. You know, But it's hard. It's really hard when one of your go-to friends, which is why I think you need more than one go-to friend. Yep. Spread that net wide. People Mm -hmm. have a lot of friends that you trust.
0: There is nothing bad with having multiple go-to people. It doesn't have to be like the bullshit American movies. It doesn't have to be
1: like high school where you're like, oh my God, you said that I was your best friend, but you said that (laughs) she was your best friend.
0: I've got like 10 best friends, everybody. My dudes, it's not my space. You don't have to rank them. Can (laughs) I rank them though?
1: Because that is fun.
0: (laughs) Can I make them cage fight for me? Okay. (laughs) We have got very different ideas of fun. Zane is sitting across from us and he's like, his face is going... Hmm. Who would right. a I would like afternoon. to put odds oh, yes. on some right. of my. Right. I would like to match
1: up <laughs> a few of my friends and put odds on who would win. That'd be really fun. <laughs>
0: Okay, stepping seamlessly I'm not to the next serious, question. <laughs> but in a
1: hypothetical way, it would be really funny.
0: Well, yeah, of course it's really funny when it's hypothetical because, because it's you hypothetical. Because you
1: could have some tough love friend that you think is going to smash it, but then somebody else who's
0: better, so good at like negotiating their way out of situations mm. that they like trump. It'd be great to figure out yeah. those stats. See now, that would be fun. But when it's an actual like legitimate cage fight. Oh no, it's I like, wouldn't make no. people real see, punch exactly, people. See, exactly, <laughs> it's different when it's in practice. Yeah. Different.
1: Yeah, I'm just <laughs> talking up doing like a fantasy cage match league of my festies.
0: <laughs> okay, well, that, that sounds like a really fun New Year's Eve night game. As long as no one
1: finds it. I need to burn it before anyone finds
0: it. <laughs> I'm a good friend. I swear I'm a good
1: person to bring on this podcast. You are. You are.
0: Um, <laughs> but, hey, switching seamlessly? <laughs> seamlessly. seamlessly into the next theme <laughs> is um, what are some typical things we can define as a bad friend? By now, and I know one thing that we talked about right at the beginning was someone who takes, does a lot of withdrawals and not a lot of depositing into the friendship bank. Correct. And
1: I think someone who doesn't ask if you can sit there for an entire coffee with somebody and they haven't asked any questions about your life and just talked about theirs—that's mm. that's a friendship red flag for me.
0: Yeah, I'd say if that's if that's a pattern, absolutely big red flag. If it's a pattern, yeah, if it's a pattern. If, if because. If
1: you know, I mean, it's not like they're fr- they're already friends, so it's not like it's a first date where someone does that, and I just yeah. be like, see ya. goodbye. But if it's a pattern, and it's a pattern that somebody does not acknowledge, mm, I think that's, that's a even problem. Worse. Like. Yeah.
0: Well, I suppose, isn't that one of the, I don't know how this fits in within the friendship category, but certainly within relationships, that's like one of the things about an abuser, like what is worse? One of them who'll say, you're so right, I do that, I'm sorry, I'm going to change, and then doesn't, Mm -hmm. or someone who just completely gaslights you, like they're both abusive, but... Have had both, Can say
1: gaslighting is worse, okay, because it then makes you doubt your own sense of reality. So the as much as the other one feels like it hurts more in the moment because it's somebody lying to you about their intentions, the gaslighting one is worse because it takes you a significant amount of time to realize what is actually up and what is actually down once you've been told they're switched for Uh, so long.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. We now know which is worse, yes. And this is (laughs) the same thing applies
1: to friendships as well, Mm -hmm. though. You don't want anybody who's going to just be a yes friend or psychologically manipulate you. You know, that's
0: true. But is a yes friend really a friend though? Like, is someone who that's just a sick? I got
1: yeah. Well, a friend, a really good friend of mine, had a big rant to me a little while ago about how frustrated she was with somebody in her life who, whenever she would tell this friend of mine something, this friend of mine would be like, I don't think that's a great idea. And the other person would be like, well, that's not right. You're not being supportive. You're not a feminist. How can you be a feminist if you're not supporting me in exactly what I want to do? And I was just like, well, you can't just be a yes person for somebody because what's the benefit of that? What's the benefit of that in your life of having someone who just goes, yeah, I support you unconditionally. Like that's not friendship. That's not friendship.
0: That's not because. Like even
1: my, your amazing friend will occasionally tell me, Whilst you're amazing, <laughs> mm-hmm. do we think that's like she'll always she'll always make me think about it. She'll never say that's not a good idea. She's like, do we think that's a good idea? Mm. Why do we think that's a good idea? You know. So yeah, like uh, this unconditional support. I don't.
0: That's not. Oh, you know, shouldn't what? be expected. That's. Shouldn't be expected, is not realistic. And also, I think we can draw out from that a friend, like a good friend, is someone who actually has your best intentions at heart and who yes. looks out for them. Yes. And if you're about to do something horrifically self-destructive or self sabotage Or sabotage
1: and destructive for somebody else. Yeah, like, like full stop. If, if you're if, about to fucking screw the pooch on a major life event, your friend should be the one saying, either saying that's a terrible idea or asking
0: do we think that's a good idea? Yeah, that's it, absolutely. Unconditional support is not friendship. That's not it's friendship. It's not friendship that's at all. That's someone who's secretly it's, writing a screenplay about you. Either or that or it's your employee. Somehow you're giving them something like they're just going, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. like, mm, Or, mm, you know, they just don't feel like there's something in that that's a power dynamic. Yeah, that, it's not right. Yeah, no, don't. Mm, and no. also
1: people, another bad friend, like red flag for me is somebody who's constantly negging you. Oh, God. So if yeah. they subtly put you down or they'll just be like, oh, you know, Liz wouldn't do that because she's – and it's a joke, but you're still like, hang what, on a minute. It's a joke at my expense, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. And if it's constantly like a, you know, oh, Liz can't do that or Liz doesn't like that or blah, 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 and mm-hmm. it's and it's nasty, I'm not about it.
0: Yeah. There there comes a line between banter and nastiness. Yes. And, and, and it is there, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Mm-mm. Like, is there anything else in terms of, like, bad friend friendship red flags that you can think of at the moment or just i'm just trying to think like in terms of being a bad friend i feel like
1: like a lack of communication is a really bad sign if somebody can't take the time out of their day as we were saying before to tell you that they're busy but they're Mm -hmm. you know there to help or you know, hides shit from you or talks shit to other people and it gets back to you and you're like, why didn't you address this with me? Mm. And I say this on Ghost of Boyfriends Past, my other podcast, all the time, is communication. Like I don't care if it's in a, you know, romantic relationship or whether it's in a friendship relationship, but you need to communicate what you want and what you need and also have somebody else be able to communicate back to you. You can't have this mismatch communication styles because it's constantly going to take more
0: out of you than you have to give yeah and that doesn't mean that like you have to be psychic or anything and it doesn't mean that you have to completely change your communication style or only be with people who match up with you but there has to be a bit of like you can't be afraid to tell your friend how you feel like you can be nervous sometimes
1: sometimes when I know that my friend's going to react stupidly to something I have said to her how how can I best support you in this moment Mm. because my natural instinct would be to tell you to dump that motherfucker but I know you're not going to do that but Mm. I know that you're also miserable so how can I support you right now without you know because I've had friends who've dated assholes Mm. and I to be a good friend I want to tell them to dump that motherfucker but I can't do that because I know that then they'll cut me out like I've had Mm. situations where I've had a girlfriend who was dating a complete fuckwit and I couldn't tell her exactly how I felt because I knew then that he would use that to cut me out so that then mm. I couldn't monitor the, their relationship to kind of make sure she'd be, okay. be the voice of reason on her shoulder every now and then going, hey, how do you feel about that thing that happened, you know? Mm. But you've just got to figure out how you can, you know, communicate. Ask somebody how to support them. If you're sitting there yeah. freaking out about whether you should tell them that what they're doing is horrible or, or not, like actually go up to them and go, how
0: can I best support you? Yeah. It's communication. It is. Oh. I suppose on the note of like particularly with partners, I think it it's so tricky because of course we all want to be like, no, you have to tell them because like if that's what you think and you like can see this as the, a, a third party and an outside and an outsider, like you should tell them, but at the same time like You want to really? still be around. Exactly and realistically. Because when you tell someone that their partner shit and you like they should dump them that's not actually going to make them go automatically, gee, you're right, I should. That's probably just going to mean that they're never going to talk to you about them. Exactly. And they're only going to tell and you the nice things. And if a dangerous
1: relationship, you want to keep them talking to mm-hmm. you. Exactly. So
0: yeah. pick your
1: communication and don't be afraid to ask your friends how the best way is to support them.
0: Yeah. And sometimes like... Because then you don't have to mind read. It's a lot easier. It is a lot easier. And I, I suppose here's... Here's another thing, not necessarily a bad friend, good friend thing, but friends fight and that is natural. That yes. is, as my therapist told me, it is about, you know, fracture and repair mm-hmm. and it is okay to fight. You just have to like be aware of, you know, where, what that person's pattern is. Like, I know I had a, a fight with a friend a while ago now, but you know after we both kind of calmed down, we were able to come together and like talk about it. And there was just this, you know what? At the time, I felt I was totally justified, but that was actually really mean of me and I'm sorry. Self-awareness <laughs> and
1: communication, the only two things you need to be a good human and a good friend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, because you're, we're all going to fuck up. Like, no one is yes. perfect. There is not a single person who's like, and I was totally justified and I did everything right. Like, if there's a fight, that means that there's, like, culpability on both sides. Absolutely.
1: My, my One of my very best friends and I have had fights that have been so bad that we didn't talk to each other for months, but mm. she is still one of my closest people, in fact, probably in the top two Mm. in my entire life because she wasn't afraid to tell me what I needed to hear but couldn't hear at that time and didn't want to talk. We just didn't talk. And then by the same, one of the other top two people I've been friends with for 16 years and never had a fight with. So Mm. it's it doesn't mean that one friendship is better than the other. It's just just a different dynamic. It's just different dynamic. And look, it's like those beautiful Japanese bowls that when they crack, they repair them with like the gold so that it makes it stronger and more beautiful. So, you know, don't sit there and be afraid if you have a fight with somebody. That's so natural. That's so natural because you're different
0: fucking people. Exactly. And like I I know that I have had a lot of issues fighting with people that I love because for a very long time I felt like I had a sell-by date and so I felt like if at any point I was, you know, if, if I started a fight with them or if I displeased them, that just meant that I was going to speed up the process. were yeah. walking on eggshells. Oh that's man, it good. was so bad. That's exhausting. Oh, I've done that was. in a
1: relationship before, and you just end up like constantly having that cortisol flood in your chest, where you yeah. just constantly feel like you're fight or flighting. Yeah, that dude, is not, not good sustainable, for your man. Don't, no, would not
0: recommend. And I, I know for a long time, like that's what stopped me you know, disagreeing or having fights with people or, or doing anything like that. But I think what you have to recognize is that you are a human being with worth. Yes, you. Yes, you're listening right now. I don't care who you are. You are worthy as a human being. I know that for a fact. And I know that I'm just talking to you through the airwaves. Technology, and I may not man. know you, but like you do have worth as a human being. And just because you fight with someone doesn't mean that that is depleted in any way it doesn't
1: make you any less of a person, like you're allowed to stand up for yourself. Mm. And if, and if this is something I want you personally to hear Mm. you, Paula, not you, the (laughs) listener is that if you have a fight with somebody and stand up for yourself and that person chooses that as a reason to not be your friend anymore, that's a pile of shit because you've just gotten someone away from your life that was never going to line up with who you are as a person anyway. Yeah, It's like a self-selection process. If you're being yourself and you're being like, hang on a minute, you've hurt my feelings and somebody uses that as an excuse to not be friends with you, you have saved yourself a lot of pain. Mm. It's going to hurt for a long time, but uh, leave it. Don't do don't after that. It'll hurt for a lot less than actually putting up with that person and constantly mm. being walking on eggshells, a true friend will realise that friendships do sometimes come across little road bumps, little speed bumps, little, you know, potholes, and will realise that, you know, you just take some time out and you can come back together. No one will be like, all right, friendship over, table flipped, I'm gone. Mm. Those aren't the people you want in your life long term yeah. anyway.
0: It's it's not. It's not. All right, final final question. And then we'll go into our things I've never said segment. Is what are some things we can do or say right now to be the best friends that we can or at least better? And I know that we've gone through quite a few actually. So yeah. some that I remember you saying is asking even in any situation, honestly, just how can I support you right now? Like, what yeah. can I do? Just ask them. And sometimes I know when people say, I don't know, or perhaps I know particularly if people are depressed, one of the best things you can do is offer and then say, would it help if yes. I made you dinner? Yes. And if the answer is no then you can just like keep giving them options. Yeah, because sometimes people are
1: super overwhelmed and having the how can I best support you is not going to work. So Mm. just try a different tact and go, here are all of the things that I can give to you or do for you. Which one? Mm. Pick one. It's a lot easier to, to narrow down that choice if someone doesn't respond to. But, you know, sometimes people just want a hug. Sometimes people want a doona in which they can be a burrito. Sometimes people want an actual burrito. And you can provide all those things as
0: a good friend. You just need to communicate to know what they need. Yeah. And I think for us to also be our best friends possible is to communicate our needs to. So if, for example, you feel like maybe they haven't made a deposit to the friendship bank. Or, you know what, maybe they have been, but just not in a way that you appreciate as much. Tell them, I guarantee, even if it results in a fight and, you know, they're like, well, this here, which is something that like you'd never thought of, maybe they tell you, well, I do, I keep buying you things because that seems to be where you place value and you don't give a shit when I tell you nice things about you. Yeah. And they get upset about it. That's fine because then you can actually figure out what they're thinking. Love
1: languages are a thing with friendships as well. Mm-hmm. Like those five love languages, what are they? Uh, quality time, physical touch, acts of service. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation and gifts. Yeah. So figure out what you like so that you know how to communicate that to other people and figure out what they like. because. With the Friendship Bank, there is an extra layer to this metaphor in that you can be contributing to that bank in different currencies and that's okay. Yeah, so you currency can,
0: exchange. Exactly. <laughs> so
1: you can put in acts of service and take out gifts, you know, but just make sure that you're putting in a currency that that particular bank accepts. Yeah,
0: 100%. <laughs> like, it, it's all about, you know, being open. And I think something which is very interesting to me is that you can have friends, you know, different seasons, but... Sorry, different purposes, I guess, or different types of friends. But I think one of the defining factors of a friend is that you can be vulnerable with them and you can be a little bit scared to share something, but you can trust them with it. And it's hard, but I think sometimes the best way to strengthen a friendship is to be a little bit vulnerable and to like offer that because sometimes someone isn't willing to make the first move in that case
1: do you know like so much of the the rules so so to speak of friendship are the same as the rules in a relationship like in a you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, partner relationship. It's just, it's, it's all about being okay to be a little bit vulnerable and being okay to communicate what your needs are versus what Mm. their needs are. But another thing that we've already talked about that we definitely need to, to mention in this particular segment is taking care of yourself Mm. as a way to take care of others and making sure that if you've got nothing left, you don't realizing that you don't have to give when you have nothing Mm. and that, but you know, just taking the time to be like, I love you. Mm. I got nothing. Yeah. I'll speak to you tomorrow.
0: Yeah. What is quite interesting is that I found that there are certain ways that different people respond to you being vulnerable in different ways. For example, I know, <laughs> and I, see, I thought it was funny in one of those like, aha, black humor ways. Mm. But I like was having a, I think I did a Snapchat and I was a little bit teary and I made some comment about, was but I was just like I'm having a big cry because bleep and I thought it was a little bit funny but then a friend of mine responded with look if you're upset please tell me I I don't like opening a snapchat to that And I was like oh shit ah there is a a certain way that people like to be communicated with that vulnerability with yeah okay
1: yeah I think that's one of the reasons why I don't ever like talk in snapchat so i don't use snapchat but like Mm. if i've got something to communicate it's usually in a status and i'll normally crack a joke because i just i don't feel super comfortable being vulnerable to my whole friends list versus the people Mm. that i trust
0: oh like it was just like a snapchat that i sent to some friends and not to others but i i get what you mean yeah
1: yeah, look, I'm one of the I'm the same in that I'll crack a joke mm. at something really quite dark, and someone's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "No, that was meant to be funny." And no, that sorry, was meant to be my funny. My sense of humor is fucked up. Sorry,
0: <laughs> but my sense of humor is so fucked up that Netflix rated Trainspotting Two as a black comedy for me. So it is a black comedy. What is <laughs> <laughs> like, what is the confusion here? <laughs> I okay, I haven't seen Trainspotting or Trainspotting Two, but I was like, how. Look, it's it's fucked up,
1: but it is—it's fucked up and (laughs) no. Look, it is fucked up. Look,
0: there are dark comedic elements, and I stand—I stand by that. Okay, sorry, referring back to like, but just in terms of like, when you're gonna communicate your vulnerability, that also can come down to some people will find it very confronting if you just. I don't know, call them up and say it out of nowhere. Like <laughs> <laughs> I've got yet
1: another metaphor for yes, this. Okay, I'm okay. the queen of metaphors. So I said to my friend once, because uh, there's a friend of mine who is a widower mm. and he was constantly going on first dates with people and being like, I don't know why, I don't know why it went wrong. Like I just I did this and I started talking about my wife because she's always going to be a part of me. And I'm like, first off, you called her your wife. You're talking about her on a first date. You, you can't be vulnerable. People have to earn your vulnerability.
0: People have to earn your vulnerability. Yes.
1: Yep. 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 It's And I said to him, imagine this. You like to walk around the house naked. That's fine. That's what you like to do. But you can't be pissed off at someone for being shocked when you open the front door to them and you're still naked. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, he, I was just like, you need to ease people into vulnerability you can't just be like I'm vulnerable that's like I'm naked and you if you're not happy with that that's your problem no 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 people in your life should earn your vulnerability and it's it's a consent thing like I know this everyone's it sounds like it's overboard but for me you have to consent to somebody being vulnerable in front of you otherwise it can make you feel really uncomfortable
0: Mm, because you may not also have been like you may not have been prepared to do that emotional labor you may also just not know how to deal you may just be like my yeah. dude, I'm not, we're not on that level. I'm we're not, not prepared to do that. Work we're for you. not both
1: getting naked right now. So, you being emotionally naked in front of me is not my favorite thing. Mm, yeah. So, and yeah.
0: Sometimes, like, it, it's so interesting, but that there is a line between, like, being vulnerable and oversharing. And sometimes yes. that's on a contextual basis. And sometimes that's just like, to be vulnerable, you have to have that little.
1: But I feel like, and, and I'll stand by this forever, if somebody, if you're being vulnerable to someone that hasn't earned your vulnerability, then you're oversharing.
0: Mm, that is, That is interesting. And I guess there's different politics, I suppose, when it comes to like like doing it on a podcast yeah on a, on a public platform there's different because kinda...
1: somebody is opting in to listen to that
0: podcast yeah. whereas
1: somebody's not necessarily opting in like they know what they're getting and if they don't like it they can switch off
0: yeah or they can click away or something exactly yeah. whereas
1: when you're in a one-on-one conversation with somebody and you spring stuff on them that they're yeah. not ready to to handle uh,
0: that's true you know true. It's, it's it's
1: they've got to consent to it yeah they've got to consent to to doing your emotional labor or, or participating in that
0: or at least just like Handling that because they may have been like, whoa, I was not prepared for that today. Or, yes. you know what, that's really triggering for me right now. Yep. You don't know that because you don't perhaps know that about me or I wasn't comfortable sharing that. But that's, that, that's a no-go zone for me. Thank
1: yeah. You. And look, the, the good thing about your friend in that situation is that they're able to go, here are my needs mm. in this relationship. And that makes you go, oh, okay, file that away. That is how that person likes to deal with vulnerability. Mm. And this is all part of a process of becoming the best friend for each individual person. There's no one list of if I do all these things for everybody, I will be a friend. It's all a trial and error yeah. kind of thing. So in doing what you did, you've done nothing wrong because you've both yeah. taken a step forward in learning a little bit about each other.
0: 100%. And now I'm like, ah, that is not the way to talk about this with her. She still wants to be there to care for me, Yeah. But okay that You're i like recalculating that I... okay got yeah. it yeah like that gps recalculating Yep, <laughs> exactly we are all robots and we are all constantly recalculating <laughs> and now it's time for the things i've never said segment where we accept anonymous submissions and confessions from our listeners on the topic we discuss so our first submission tonight being a good friend as an adult requires a sometimes unspoken understanding that we can't always be there for a check-in Adult friendships require a deep trust, that trust being the glue that holds us together when words fails us. When you find a friend who understands your boundaries and limits, that's someone to keep around. I
1: 100% agree with that. But I have a slightly different take in that I think that whilst you can't always be there for a check-in you can let somebody know why you're not there for a check-in. Like it's all that communication thing. But I think really good friends do have a kind of trust that, you know, you're not always going to be super high maintenance. Like if I haven't texted you three days in a row to go, how are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, or even once a week, like I still give a damn and I'll check in every now and then Mm. when I have the energy to do so. For sure. But I think as long as you know which of your friends – can handle because sometimes people take it personally when you don't mm. check in on them so I think that you need to understand which friends need a little bit more mm. so I don't think you can blanket rule everyone what no. do you think
0: I I agree and I also think to to my fellow high maintenance friends out there I think that for me at least part of my life I do, like, have this, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, I have this, like, internal timer. It's gone a bit astray in recent months just because mm-hmm. I've been a bit overwhelmed with life and work and everything. But, yeah. like, I do just have that, oh, I'll get to so-and-so. And, uh, oh, I'll talk to so-and-so. And I know that, that that's a thing for me. And I don't always require someone to respond or, or do something like that if it's just a general, hey, we're thinking about you today. Or, hey, just wanted to let you know I love you that uh, kind of thing. But I do think that as someone who is high maintenance, a really good self-worth affirming lesson I have learned is that just because friends don't contact you all the time doesn't mean they don't care about you and that doesn't mean that you've done something wrong. Like that's just because they're a different human being. Yeah. And it's hard, but just growing a little bit more comfortable with that. I know that I have friends who... Some friends are like succulents, and they don't need a whole lot of attention, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And some are maidenhair ferns, where you breathe on them and they
1: crinkle. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and that is that is also fine. It's just about being aware and realizing that like nothing is necessarily good or bad. It's it's just a little bit different, and what you can learn from both sides. Like I know some of sometimes with my succulent friends, I'm just like, hey, look, I know that we're good, but. I would really appreciate it if just like once a quarter you just flung me a text. I know that it's not because you don't care that you're not talking to me, but it would mean a lot to me if you could just do something. Yeah, and look, friends who value you will value what you need. Yeah, and it's all about that communication. I know that I have a friend who recently texted me and went, hey, look, I've been going through a time which is part of why I haven't really been too communicative lately. I know that... Something I've been trying to work on with our friendship is being, you know, better at checking in. I wanna let you know that I don't really have the capacity right now, but I am thinking about you and I do love you and that's kind of where and I'm that's at. I'm beautiful. Beautiful. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it made my day. I was like, oh my god, no, you don't have to. It's okay. What ha- hold it in. Thank you very much. I hope that you are okay. Let me know if I can support you. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like,
1: again, it's communication and knowing what different, figuring out, not knowing, mm. it's not mind reading, figuring asking, out and asking together. what other people need from you and what you can give to them that is surplus to their needs but won't kill them. Don't water them too often. Yeah. No, <laughs> they will it, die. Yeah, they Succulents can. Succulents don't know when to stop taking on water. <laughs> they can't. they be like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God.
0: <laughs> and then it'll, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> um, uh, second submission. How do you know when a friend is lifelong? You don't. Yeah, you you can't, life is so weird.
1: You can, you can, I don't, and I don't think there's any value in going you are a lifelong friend either. I think that friendships require constant maintenance and by putting someone in the lifelong category can make you a bit slack, really.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes you can be friends with someone intensely for a long period of time. And then it'll lull and kind of die away. And then maybe they'll come back. People
1: change too. It's like, yeah. you know, friendships are like marriages. I'm sure that 50% of the men did divorce. I don't know. Like, it's just, mm. I feel like you can't ever take friendships for granted and be like, this is my lifelong friend. You've got to wake up every day and choose them to be your friends and hope that they choose you back to be your friend. Like, do everything that you can to to facilitate the friendship. but you Without can, eroding your own self-worth. Without eroding your own self-worth. But there's I don't think there's any way to go this is a lifelong friend. You can think and hope. Yeah. And I do. Like I've got I've got, you know, a bunch of friends that I'm I call them my shovel friends because they're the friends that I'd ask to bring a shovel and help me bury the body in case it <laughs> happens because I trust them to do that. And I've got plenty of shovel friends, but they you know, may not
0: always they may be not a always friend. sometimes
1: I'll just be like, Well, oh, I don't really think they're really good for shovel duty this week. I'm gonna mm. go with someone else. And that's fine. Like, you know, mm.
0: but don't, don't ever take friends for granted and assume they'll be lifelong. Yeah. Actually, on that note, in terms of like shovel friends, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get to another submission, but I will post them on Instagram so that we can share them and have discussions in the comment section. But I think in terms of shovel friends, something, a big thing that I've also learned in adult friendships is that sometimes you will go through spaces of being like really close to someone, but you might not hold the same status as a friend in their life as they do in yours. And that's really fucking shit the first time you experience that. Yeah. But it's also okay. Yes. Like that, it is fine. It's really okay. As long as, again, we go back to the
1: friendship bank, as long as that person is not just taking more than, you mm. know, as long as you're both contributing in similar amounts, it's fine if they're not your top eight. MySpace friends, they might be number nine or you might be number nine in their life even though they're number one
0: in yours and it's not a fucking high school ranking system. It's not a competition. No. And it's not a big deal and it feels like everything. I know the first time I kind of clocked that I was devastated and I was like, well, the logical thing to do is for me to find, is for me to like downgrade them to where I assume that they have placed me in their friendship Mm. ranking so that i can be less hurt by this and find someone who views me and then elevate them but as logical as that seemed in my fantasy mind at that friendship leagues are
1: work. unrealistic
0: <laughs> <laughs> it may be fun to picture it in your head at night when you're trying to fall asleep but no, no, don't do it.
1: and like shit. Sometimes somebody, sometimes you will have someone who you've got a really, really close friendship with, and sometimes you know, sometimes you'll be closer with them, and they'll be less close. And like it, it'll, it varies through the length of the friendship. You know, different people have different shit going on, and you're not always going to be joined at the hip. But yeah. and I guess the, if you feel good in yourself, then you don't need to be joined at the hip.
0: That's true, and I think one of the biggest things about adult friendship is. It ebbs and flows, and that doesn't necessarily mean that either of you has done a bad thing, or that either of you were bad friends. And sometimes friendships just die out, and that's okay. And that mm. doesn't mean that it was meant to die out, or that it was never a good friendship to begin with. Like sometimes life just happens, man. And look, we don't have the fucking
1: energy to be friends with as many people as we used to be friends with. So it's like goes it goes to quality over quantity
0: as 100%. an adult. One hundred percent. Like if I was Jeff. Bezos's prime inheritor or whatever, then I would have all the time in the world for my friends cuz I would just not have to work anymore and I would just have <laughs> If I was money. Jeff Bezos's main inheritor,
1: I'd be giving a lot of my friends a lot of presents.
0: Yeah. Well, look, honestly, if I was Jeff Bezos's major inheritor, I'm pretty sure I would have been taxed the shit out of that inheritance cuz there is an inheritance tax and also Also, he's been I tax think taxed I'd avoided. be an
1: asshole and I probably wouldn't want to give my friends any gifts because capitalism and hoarding
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) let's not take it down the capitalism route (laughs) but anyway the the point is like there we all wish that we had more time and love and energy to give but unfortunately that is a fantasy and that's a really shit part of being an adult is realizing that we're not actually gonna have enough time Mm. but you know, just but I think, the most of it. yeah, if if
1: we can get to a place where we are happier with who we are as a human, then we're better friends to everybody else, and we're more content when certain people may come and go from our lives because we're more, you know, at one with who we are as people. And being alone is kind of fun.
0: Yeah, solitude is a very good skill to have. And you know what, your friend is only a text away. It's true. FaceTime, Zoom, there's so much now.
1: There's so many ways to be in
0: contact with people that, yeah, mm-hmm. it's quite easy to be a good friend. Take care of yourself. It's true. It's true. That is – we have gone significantly over time, and I thank you very much for your, for your time and your energy. I'll talk forever if you'll let me. <laughs> Look, I kind of would, honestly. <laughs> but To finish off the show – what would you do if you knew 10,000 people would do the same? <laughs> we talked about this pre-show and I'm going to stick with the answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen to my podcast, Castology,
1: or gross of Boyfriends Past, because that would get the listener numbers to sky high levels.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's selfish and I stand by it. Is it selfish? Why is that selfish? You want to share something that you made for other see, people. See, you're
1: coming at it from a sharing made for other people. I'm coming at it from a I want my stats to go higher. <laughs> No, look, honestly, that's the selfish answer. The more, I guess, palatable answer is show a bit of empathy. Mm. That's probably my number one thing that I wish humans had more of was being able to put themselves in somebody else's shoes. And I think if more people had empathy, the world would be a lot nicer place. But also listen to my podcasts.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I agree with both of those statements. I think that if we could just step outside of the way that we are experiencing and viewing things, and even if it's not necessarily going, I wonder how they're feeling right now, but just questioning things like, I wonder, I wonder if the opposite is true as well. Yeah. Or like if somebody's, you know,
1: if the types of people who are going, this rally's on my rights and blah, blah, blah. Imagine how the person on the other end of the argument is feeling. Mm. And mm. I just think, yeah, get kindness and empathy. If 10,000 more people did that, that'd be really nice. Mm. I agree. But hey, do you
0: have anything to plug and where
1: (laughs) can we find you? (laughs) Funny you should ask. I have a relationships, ex-relationships podcast called Ghosts of Boyfriends Past where we get guests on to talk about their relationship fails and communication fails and tales of love gone wrong.
0: Yeah, Um, I've actually been on that. I did an episode on.
1: (laughs) So everybody listen to Paula's episode and I'm sure we're going to be having her as a guest soon. For a second follow up, <laughs>
0: so we not just, with the same person.
1: Just and, we, the and we talk about what we learned. So it's also it's it's learning and healing through mm. trauma and comedy. And then I also have another podcast called Castology, which is a podcast recommendations and reviews podcast. So if you're ever going, ah, oh, what should I listen to next? Castology will tell you. Mm-hmm. we're really good at that yeah. you can find us at that'snotcanon.com forward slash castology or that's not canon.com forward slash ghost of boyfriends
0: past or on any of the socials or podcatches heck yeah and i will link them in the show notes so click on those and you can find liz in all her glory and if you want to be a guest on ghost of
1: boyfriends past and you've got a story about love gone wrong god i want to hear it please write to me we will figure out whether you're in brisbane or whether you're anywhere else in the world we'll figure out a way to get your story up
0: yeah. Oh, it's super simple. So when you have to fill out the form, really, really simple. Do not be intimidated. It's like three questions. You just have to put in dot points of the story yep. and your name and your contact and that's it. It's that so it. It's easy. So I just want to simple. know the Cliff's Notes
1: version and then I'll contact you to chat a bit more about it or you can just write in.
0: Yeah. There's so many ways
1: to get onto us and I'll let you plug your own podcast on my podcast. So double yeah, reasons. Catharsis <laughs> well, and podcast plugging. Amazing,
0: amazing. <laughs> thank you so, so much for coming on, Liz, and thank you for listening. Thanks as always to Zane at That's Not Canon Productions for producing the show. Graphics are by Claudia Piggott, music by Jessica Fletcher. If you stumbled upon us, don't forget to rate and review the podcast because it helps other people find us and makes me, Paula, really happy. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Stumble Through Pod and Facebook as Stumble Through Podcast. Until next time, do your best and take care of each other. Chat soon. Bye. <laughs>